It's uh, it's Valentine's Day this week, Joe, and I don't know if you've heard about the two bed bugs that fell in love. No. They're getting married in the spring. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the cute jokes. They're getting that, married in the spring. That's, that's a tasteful joke. Is it up there with um, roses are red, violets are blue, if your boyfriend's... <laughs> that's not a cute uh, joke. How about, how about, you know, when I asked the girl out, and she said, I can't be your Valentine Day, but for medical reasons, I'm like, oh... Yeah, you make me sick. <laughs> That's, they're getting married in the spring. That's Joe. a funny married, joke. Married in the spring. That is hilarious. This is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to the Patriots 1 Super Bowl 53 podcast brought to you by the fine people, me and Joe, of Carnival Personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost forgot there was a Super Bowl. To be honest, did you did you really? Yeah, there was nothing in my news feed on Twitter <laughs> at all this up? week. Nothing. It did, was just, did, I think I liked one, two, were, two. I liked. They two were just clips. Marmaduke uh, panels <laughs> for some reason in my news. I only yeah, that's the one. Boston Herald. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not Twitter. <laughs> I don't get the far side. See in this panel. Uh, anyways, yes, we will get into it in sport. I. I wanted to do a whole sideshow. I understand why Joe said no, because really, nobody but me. Joe doesn't want to be trapped in the basement an extra hour with me after spending Super Bowl Sunday with me and my mom and the pictures to prove it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I I got my fill of Super Bowl 53. It was uh, during Super Bowl 53. <laughs> I will never get my fill of Super Bowl 53. But, you know, kind of jumping ahead, I came home the other day. And the mom-in-law's boyfriend, who, you know, rarely was in hiding his cave, was sitting on the chair. And NFL Network is showing all the Patriots Super Bowl wins. He's watching the Carolina one from 2003. And I swear to fucking God, cheering like he has never seen the game or know the outcome. And one time he did, he jumped up and the wife looks at me and she's like, is he fucking serious? It's like, and, and I even told, it's like, look, I want to sit. It, it wasn't an abbreviated thing or the highlights. They're airing the games in the entirety. And it's like, why are we watching? And that's coming from me. Well, then you now know what you have to look forward to when you start to go senile. Is yeah. that every Super Bowl is a new Super Bowl? I'm going to learn Korean. Oh, that's okay. There you go. Uh, so let's get right to it, Joe. A uh, fat shaming. Uh, so I got on the scale this week. Um, and then say, "Whoa, get up one at a time, please. <laughs> Wait your turn." Ow. <laughs> okay. The list goes on and on. Uh, he shames himself. I you know, no, I'm doing this so I can be shamed by all my friend and. Um, you know, small brag since uh, since the beginning of the year, down fourteen pounds from from two sixty one. Congratulations! Well, how really sad cool. is it? You're down fourteen pounds and you only got seventy to go or seventy one to be tech. Would you rather be twelve pounds down? No, yeah, that is true. Um, so this week, and I've been I've been smart about not trying to overdo it. You know, it took me two years to put on. It's going to take me more than a week to take off, and. So you can't starve yourself. That's the wrong way to do it. And you can't overexercise. And I didn't think I was overdoing it, but on Wednesday, I got on the treadmill. And I'm like, okay, you know, I can start my running program. Because the day before I broke my ankle, almost a year ago, we're coming up on a year anniversary. Um, almost a year now. Almost a year. We're hey, everybody go. going. Uh, you know, I, I had my best time. And on a treadmill, and it's different than running on a road. I, I ran a 5K, you know, in, in 27 and a half minutes. And that's a pretty okay time. Um, yeah, so this was completely different. So when I say I was running on a treadmill and 
by that evening, I wanted to saw my legs off. They hurt so fucking much. Mm. And then I wake up Thursday. They hurt. I, I, I don't remember the last time something hurt, you know, this bad. Like, not even when my dad left. Episode four. <laughs> and, um... But it's Thursday, the only day that they have stick time at that rink I've been going to. And last week, I couldn't go on Thursday because I had to go to New York. So I did the, I almost said figure skating, the uh, public, public skating, you know, mm-hmm. the bunch of kids. With the crate. Yeah, you don't blame, you know. Well, they stacked the crates for you. I, I'm working up to it. I'm, I'm baby stepping my way under the elevator. And so I said, I have to go. And my... It was just so painful. But, you know, once, like after the first 10 minutes, it, it still hurts not as much. But then it hurts twice as much later. And, I, and you saw me come down the steps now. It's like, I, I, I'm i not going to be able to walk this weekend. I can't help you back up. Just fair warning. <laughs> well, throw, throw down a blanket. Yeah. Uh, if we only had a mini fridge down here, you could It'd be perfect. stay the night. Perfect. All right. Um, so so that's a fat shaming, Biff, the rest of you. So I, I do. what At the at the rank for the F&H guys, I do a little... Motivational video for them all, letting them know I'm at the rank and just keeping them abreast. Abreast, who? Uh, that that I am making a earnest try to to get to Phoenix this uh, Memorial Day to play. A wise man once said, "There is no try, only do, do or do not." There's no try. You fat ass. He did. <laughs> I mean, I think he muttered the fat ass under his puppet breath. Um, all right, so now we're going to move into the segment you suggested this week. It's um, February, which we all know is Black History Month. But for some reason, Whitey decided, hey, let's not put all the attention on the the black people of American history that we should revere and kind of remember and honor. Let's shine the the light or the shoe polish, if you will, <laughs> on blackface in history. So we're calling this to this segment Blackface History <laughs> Month because, man, there's a lot of blackface out there and was. And, and what's, what's is tragically hysterical about what's going on in Virginia is the governor who won't step down, who also decided and was stopped by his wife, that moonwalking during his press conference talking about how he will not step down. Do you see that? Yeah. Um, it turns out the lieutenant governor can't step in even if he wanted to step down because he too has a... Uh, Blackface? Well, yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. He, he's a black guy. Yeah. No, no. But uh, He has a sexual assault. Yeah, obviously. sexual assault. But there's another, like the next person in succession, same thing. Right. right. You know, has the thing. Oh, right. It's, it's, a, it's kind of like a reverse... Oreo of a scandal right. going on. You have white guy in blackface, uh, black guy uh, who can't keep his hands off the ladies, and another white guy in blackface. So who do you choose from? Uh, not any of them, really. I think you should probably, yeah, clean house and start yeah. to do. Right, but, but, you know, and, and that's what people are calling out for. I mean, these Republicans, you know, they get out there. In this case. Wait, what? And, and, and that, well, that's the difference. Not only are these Democrats, but... The entire Democratic Party of the state and of the nation, you know, from Nancy Pelosi all the way to the, the, the junior member of the, you know, Virginia State House is saying, dude, you got you, you to gotta step out of here. On the other hand, you know, Labor Secretary for, for this administration, for the White House— is a registered sex offender. So he's on the sex offender registry. Is Our president is an unregistered sex offender. Yeah, so. that's... So, I mean, but that's the difference. It's like, you know, they... they as we talked, it's like, 
you know, Al Franken really didn't get his day in the, you know, and he wanted to, you know, but the, 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 uh, he was tried by a jury of public opinion instantly, and the Democrats, you know, shunned him. It's like out. I wonder if this governor is riding the wave and kind of learning from past uh, scandals. Maybe thinking that he could, if he could just sort of ride the tide of this news cycle, you know, which is essentially what something, four days. Something will will bump it off. Yeah, like maybe something will happen and people will forget about it, and you know, maybe. Uh, it won't seem so bad, and it'll pale in comparison. Never mind. Um, but <laughs> I, face? Oh, is that really where you're going with it? Nice. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to just gloss over Blackface History Month because I hope not to revisit this subject in further podcasts. So, I mean, let's look at blackface for in 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 popular culture. Sure. I mean, we all know, you know, the 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 minstrel shows of the 30s, and you know, the the the, the racist origins of blackface and the connotation. But let's look at the more recent. Um, occurrences and I guess more palatable or more acceptable versions of blackface, at least at the time. Right. I mean, you have two late night show hosts who appeared in blackface. Well, Jimmy Kimmel on television. Jimmy Kimmel on the uh, man on show, a regular basis uh, as Carl Malone. As Car- Carl Malone. And it wasn't just blackface; it was black body. Right. Um, but okay, playing a character, he also had the prosthetic arms to make, and you know, he had the, the prosthetic, essentially body to yep. make him look larger, fine, whatever. Still, that was what, 2002, three, four, maybe? Um, and then also Jimmy Kim, uh, Jimmy Fallon, he was on a, um, he was on Saturday Night Live doing Chris Rock as blackface Chris Rock. Like he came out during a sketch in blackface, as Chris Rock. Guess who on their late-night talk shows is not bringing up the Virginia scandal? Weird. That, that's <laughs> kind of weird. But the, At least to my knowledge. And I, and I, I think, the, and, and I hate to be this guy, but it's the, the only news organization that is, quote-unquote, news organization is, that's bringing up that topic, that Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon aren't talking about the blackface, is Fox News. MSNBC isn't all over that one. No, no, for some reason, yeah. So, I, I, but I think it really goes to the letter of intent. Yeah, uh, like w- when Amos and Andy was a radio show, and the guys on it were white guys, yep. and then when it came to TV, it, it, those guys who created the characters wanted to, you know, to do it. Um, but they cast black actors eventually. Yeah, but originally, and then you also have it, you know, and it's not. I mean, and, and I'm I'm asking a serious question. So, like Eddie Murphy did the Mister White skit on Saturday Night Live, famous because he wanted to see what it was like to be a day in the life of a white person who goes to the bank and thinks you're Malone. That I think um, a um, black guy doing a white face not the same. Nobody no. gives a shit. White people were in power. They're and not. Power. They're not like separate but equal kind of. <laughs> see, and it was for a point. Um, and also, speaking of more Saturday Night Live blackface, Billy Crystal as as uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Not only as Sammy Davis Jr., uh, he did a he did a baseball skit where he was an old Negro League baseball player. Oh, is that the one? Where, uh, did he do Muhammad Ali in blackface? I think he also did, but I remember the baseball skit one. He's like, you know, uh, and I forget the other actor playing opposite of him, but they were talking about their days. Like, I, I was so fast, I could. Turn off the light switch and be in, be under the covers before the room got dark. You know, <laughs> uh, it was it was uh, 
you know, I was a, I was a contact hitter, and anytime I, I made a hit, you would contact the manager to let him know that, you know, it was funny stuff, but I, I do. It, it's the, it, 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 what is the intent of it? it is what it all boils down to. And what all of these, I mean, I know that I'm being an asshole. I know that it, it, you got to know that it's, this is a sort of a facetious thing. I don't really think Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Billy uh, Crystal, these guys who went on and put on black makeup or brown makeup to portray other famous black people in sketches is equivalent to, you know, dressing up in blackface and going to a Halloween party with your bros who also dressed up like the KKK. KKK. It's, it's night and day. And what are you saying? But at the same time, I mean, I'm I'm not saying it's okay. You know, Virginia. He's what is he in high school, college back then? Just you know, eighty four was call. Was that his college yearbook? First of all, by the way, the college uh, or whatever the yearbook page that he got, he must have gone to like a pro. uh, Actually, that high school. No, I think that school was a predominantly black school, or had more. I think it had more or, or a larger population of black students than other comparable high schools which is why he got that name remember the nickname they they gave him yeah. and it's i it's the other thing um <laughs> but anyways it's the page of his yearbook who did you get a whole page dedicated to you um i did not i don't recall ever getting i, I honestly don't don't i don't think i've ever seen a high school yearbook and my college yearbook, I, I, you know, just my yearbook photo that they told me they would not publish, that they ended up publishing, which I didn't know. And then later that summer was at, you know, I don't know whose party it was. Well, I can tell you whose party it was because I then s- somehow <laughs> that person's yearbook wound up. And my possession to this day, so I can look at the name on the yearbook. Oh but I didn't buy a yearbook on my own per se because they said I wasn't going to be in it. Plus, I didn't really give a fuck, and I kind of forgot about taking that photo months You're earlier. You're around the bush. What's the photo? Oh, you ne- you don't yeah, know my college yearbook photo. I, I okay. know what it is, you idiot. I, I, Tell I, the audience. I'm, I'm shirtless, wearing like a World War One flying cap, holding a robot doll's head, wearing some beaded necklace. My friend Gina, uh, our friend Rod's wife Gina, had found like the day before. And she gave me the robot too <laughs> as we're going. And she's like, here, bring this. What? Okay. <laughs> you know? If somebody handed you a, a bloody Donald Trump head, you would have held that. I would have held that. Oh, yeah. 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 And, I, and, and you know, in 87, yeah, just because he ruined the USFL, I was still mad at him back then. Oh, absolutely. He wasn't the president then. But yeah, so. He's not really the president. <laughs> so, yes, there, there's, a, there's a whole lot of blackface out there. What about Robert? Du- I love Tropic yes. Thunder's take on that. And the whole, the whole joke was he was an arrogant actor who wanted to have this role. So he had a whole surgery. And the whole thing was like. There's a lot of great black actors. You didn't have to do this, right? Exactly. It was the, the again context, and, right. and it was Tropic Thunder. Still, is probably what do one you mean, of, you people? <laughs> what do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Um, Tropic Thunder is probably top ten comedies of two thousands, like the entire decade, if not top five. Yeah, if not top one, it is great. I mean, the whole story behind it. But uh, so we'll wrap it up, and that is. Uh, Carnival personnel's this week in Blackface History Month. 
What? Well, we'll wrap up the unless we got this more week in Blackface History Month. There's another week of Blackface. Well, well, we got two oh, more weeks yeah, to go on the, you know. Oh man. No. Hey, well, let's see. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Right. Let's see what the news shakes out. Uh, um, are we sure that 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 Fox commentator Candace Owen isn't in Blackface? Are we on? Because yeah. she says some pretty awful stuff. Candace Owens. I would not know any of these people if. Other people that I follow on Facebook or Twitter didn't post. Didn't post outrage against what these and people I, said. I, and honestly, you know, and, and we'll get to that when we get to sport. Yeah, I've really got good at you know just ignoring a lot of this stuff. If we j- if you just ignored them and and let them say their awful things in their awful corner of of broadcasting in the net, they they we're giving them a larger platform. I think. I don't know. Yeah, I, honestly, at this point, I think it's all. I think it's too late. I think it's almost like you now have to shine a light on it and and make a big stink out of it. it as bad as it is, I know I'm kind of a hypocritical thing because I, I have in the past said that the news shouldn't perpetuate these people and give them a platform and let them rot in a corner, which in theory would work. But now that the entire internet is segmented into rotten corners and... There are people that are just getting on the internet that are looking for their corner. Um, maybe not so good to be so um, segregated, as far as our ideals are concerned. So, you know, and and these they're on Fox News. Like these people are not in a corner. You know, so they're on a channel. They're already out there. It's not like you know um, CNN's putting these people on. I don't think. You know, I don't. No, think, I mean, and, and I, 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 if Fox I News didn't right. exist. These people probably wouldn't exist, is what I'm saying. A- as largely, hold on, let 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 that wash over me. Let, let me have that for a moment. <laughs> let me just bask in the thought of that. If glory. Fox News didn't exist, well, well speaking of big stink, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't shower today. Thursday is Valentine's Day. You got big plans? Oh man, um, I'm looking at this bag of heart shaped candies you bought us, and thinking maybe I want to open them. And, oh wait. My wife is allergic to them. So, no, I don't have any plans. Uh-oh. <laughs> SpaghettiOs. No, yeah. No, 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 no. Freeing up the calendar to pound out a couple, <laughs> use a white impression or something? No. What? No? No, no I, I probably won't no, be no, doing no, no big dinner? No. We don't eat. <laughs> Together, at least. No, uh, we live a very sad, uh, sedentary lifestyle. And she's also busy. She's she's a busy, busy bee, you know? Um no, I don't have any plans. Uh, I, w- I will get plans, though, and I will get back to you with that answer at a later date. And you, sir, are pro- obviously in the midst. I- I'm actually taking you away from your Valentine's Day planning. So I- for that, I apologize. No, it- it's we, uh, you know, because we always have to do something, you know, at when you got the kids to incorporate, like, you know, them into the mix and stuff like that. I choo choo choose you. Dude, that... There will never be a greater Valentine card ever, <laughs> or something more referenced by you, me, or my family. Like second place, my. let's be friends, and there's a picture of a bee on. That 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 is good, you know. But that's that's what you know. Gay women give to each other. That's the card that is most predominant in the lesbian community. Lesbian friends. Anyways, moving. On. Hey, this is Jacques. Welcome to Cardinal Personnel. <laughs> I like the low. If only I had like a wind blowing sound. 
tumbleweeds just, going by. No, just to see, yeah, just because I'm leaving you out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, uh, you by any chance moving on, uh, seeing, and I guess it's been out for a couple weeks, the Stranger Things trailer for season three? Well, that came out like many months ago. So, yes. It, it, little guys were all excited. And I don't know if I saw it. I don't think I did, dude. It's how it's half our defunct sponsors are in, like honestly, it's in like that ad. Orange Julius and Chess King. Chess King's just the best. You ever go into a Chess King? Uh, they asked me not to. <laughs> I was that nerdy. Oh, but I, you know, I because the little guys are like, you got to see this. It's like, and and how many? What I think, what they don't get the irony, or not uh, irony is not the right word, but. The, the nod that they're giving with that trailer, how many 80s horror movies, like zombie horror movies, like wound up at malls and stuff like that. Right. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, the, you didn't see us. You don't watch South Park. I don't. Uh, this season, they actually had an episode where Amazon was moving into South Park. They had a fulfillment center, and all the people who used to work at the mall would now work, or whatever, in the town would now work at Amazon. And the kids want, needed to buy something for a, a bike parade, but they didn't want to go to Amazon, so they went to the mall. And the mall is populated by zombies that used to, like in Orange <laughs> Julius. Uh, oh, that's great! Outfits, you know, trying to like sell them their wares, and you know, it's funny. So yeah, it, the zombie mall thing isn't lost on on the South Park creators. Uh, yeah, I, I when I saw that, I'm like, oh, but I can't explain it to them. Not just because they're too young. They're just dumb. Oh, so They don't get the far side. They, we'll see in this panel. What, uh, what was one of the fears on both sides of the aisle, jumping into politics now, is that the, now that the Dems have the House, they're going to do nothing but try to impeach Blotus, have all these investigations, now that they have subpoena power, now that they have powers to you know, actually have these investigations release a thing. And they are doing that, and it's great. It's really great. But what is also great is, is, as we've talked about it, they came in with a platform and an agenda to get stuff done. And I'm really a fan of some of the stuff that they're trying to push through. Um, I think we talked about it like last week. You know, They want to have a true uh, voters' rights platform <clears throat> where – Automatically upon your 18th birthday, you are a registered voter. Now, if that infringes on your snowflake freedoms of not wanting to be a registered voter, you can opt out. The only thing I don't know how they would tackle is when you register to vote because of our draconian two-party system, you have to either pick Democrat or Republican or, you know, other. And so if you're automatically enlist or enroll to vote <clears throat> does that mean that you just choose your party when you show up to the polling place or i, I don't know if all the de- i don't know all the like details, that's what that's, but that that is a good that's you a good know question. like we have to be a registered voter in as a democrat to vote in the democratic primaries and well, the same with republicans well that's one of the things that it's been, i mean they haven't said this is bill let's vote on but that's one of the, the I other think things you is- let parents choose their children's democratic <laughs> and republican affiliations Prior to their 18th birthday, kind of like actually on your birth certificate, you know, when they choose your name, right? Religion. This is what you are. Well, they choose your goddamn religion for you right off the bat. Why not your democratic? Did you, or did you guys do that? Did you guys fill out a religious thing? Uh, we probably put. Uh, I don't know if we put Catholic for our boys. 
Yeah, I don't know. We were both because both of us were raised Catholic, and um, you know, we're afraid of our parents. And, and gr- we and we put. I did. I, you know what? I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you know what we put? Uh, uh, let me guess. Some fucking sci-fi bullshit. And, it's not. It's the Jedi religion <laughs> is a real religion. You know, technically, you know, they are. It, it, it's considered a religion. Uh, you know, known throughout the so galaxy. So is Scientology. So is Scientology. Or so the IRS has been led to believe. Um, but no, th- so some of the other voting things that they're talking about is like same day voting. Uh, and the election, big- and, and, right, and having an election day be a holiday. Th- that's a big one. You know. Did you hear about the, was it Cleveland or Columbus, Ohio, or one of these towns? They, uh, they've voted to, or they just decided that they're not going to take Columbus Day off and instead move that day off that they would have had for Columbus Day and use it on election day. That's fantastic. I, I think I think that's great. I mean that's a whole What are you talking about? Hey, you're gonna take the thing from us. <laughs> take it from who? Hey <laughs> I mean, seriously, look at me, I'm a Portuguese. All the, I'm not Italian. All of the things I hate you know, what, what tops one of the things that tops the list is Columbus Day. That's another story for another yeah. day. But Don't no, what what a perfect thing! Do away with that holiday. There, there, there's an easy one. Bam, and make it a holiday. Banks closed, schools closed. All the, I mean, for all the right reasons, you know. Um, but that's the thing. It's like they're going in with agenda, and 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 you saw, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw like AOC and her bad guy. Analogies with campaign finance. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It's on the now this. They did their little compilation. It's really good. It's five minutes long, and she, I forget what the panel was. Was it? Was it uh, like a panel of? Uh, yeah, it was the actual. It was actually the you know the it, uh, the people who decide and, and not they don't make up the rules, but the people the campaign finance like they oversee o- overseers. It's like what is legal, what is not legal, and. Just point blank. Yeah, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez goes down the list like, say I'm a bad guy and I want to just fund my campaign. I want to run for office, a congressperson, and I just want to be 100% funded by super PACs that, you know, just, you know, no outside money except for super PACs. Is that is that legal? Yes. Okay, now what if all the super PAC money was funded by nothing but uh, oil industry, you know, big oil, big pharma, uh, lobbyists, you know, would that be legal? Yes. Okay, great. Now, <laughs> if and, be- and the looks around the room of some people getting very nervous by this. Yeah. Uh, management, you know, showed me, you know, she had a meme on her Facebook. It was a picture of some old white bloated, could be me, <clears throat> um, Republican, like, you know, congressperson sitting a row in front of her. And over her head, it said meteor. And over his head, it said dinosaur. It's like, yeah, that's pretty much what's... But that's what I like. They're not just doing, you know, the bullshit. And then today, today, it was great. Today, it was, you know... Well, I, I, you're also glossing over the uh, the Green New Deal. Right. You know, um, and again, some of this stuff is going to pass and some of it is out there. But they're, they're pushing things forward. They're not just subpoenaing people and going nuts with that. Right. They're not just laser focused on Trump. You know, uh, what else do we have here? Oh, um, oh, it's not on here, but State of the Union address. Oh, yeah. It's, I don't know why it's not on there other than I didn't watch that was it. so long ago. You know, 
why would you? Uh, you know, I mean, what what was the benefit of watching it? Because you're going to hear all the lowlights, you know, from it. The only highlight that I got was the one screen grab of Nancy Pelosi giving a sarcastic side clap to the best Donald thing. Trump. Did you see the picture or the actual footage? Uh, I saw both. I saw the. I saw. I mean, obviously, the he freeze frame. had the proud Mussolini looking up, nodding his head. They love me. Yeah. She loves me. Like he. Looking right at her and does get, uh, but my favorite highlight slash, yeah, this is an actual highlight when, you know, he tells all the women to stand up because, you know, that's the right way to approach things. Or they were all standing anyways. And they said, you know, for the women to remain standing while everybody is sitting, uh, he did not ask them to go make a sandwich, but he did take credit for this is a Congress. This Congress has more women than any other Congress. And you should give yourself a round of applause. And as they're giving themselves a round of applause, I think the 90 plus percent of the women in the room who are Democrats are all like, we all fucking hate you. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, getting back to her, didn't smile once, didn't applaud, you know, just stood, just sat there stoically. And she should. Yeah. She's like, fuck you. You know, and, and first of all, Let's give credit where credit's due. You, ha- you know, you have Donald Trump in a room full of a hundred women dressed in white, and he didn't ask them to, you know, do a little turnaround, <laughs> a, little, a little something for the effort. And this is what I despise. It's called restraint. When they when they play clips of the rare times that George Bush sounds um, <laughs> presidential, yeah, or, 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 or cognizant, and his first State of the Union in which you know Nancy Pelosi became Speaker of the House, you know, um, said he was honored to be the first president to be able to say the term "Madam," you know, Speaker and stuff like. And I mean, it's like it's just when <laughs> when, when George Bush is now like you know the litmus the test of light. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Is he right? Is he now the new Reagan? Like oh, people are gonna look fondly back on Bush and be like, "Man, those days." Yeah, but but well, actually, they'll be sitting at the piano with their wife singing. Those oh, were the days, and, and then put a cigar you. in their mouth. But they shut <laughs> up, you. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, that that was definitely a highlight. And he, he was reading off a teleprompter, dude. He's it's he, his speech. You know. Anyways, it is what it is. <laughs> he's awful. I don't. I really don't even want to. You know, because there's other things to talk about, like. As I was driving over here, Matt Whitaker, the acting attorney general, he was being such a smug dick. And again, he's sitting there. He's sitting there doing what? Uh, well, he basically Congress is – because he hasn't been appointed to – like he's the acting secretary. Yeah. And this is the pre-questioning him. And, and the whole – it was great. Everybody gets the five minutes and he tries to run out the clock on everybody. And like people like Ted Lou, It's a yes or no question. Well – it's not really a yes. Yes, it is. Is there a line in the Constitution that says the president can't be brought up on charges? That's where you bring in Harry Carey. It's a simple yes or no <laughs> question, Matt. A baby could answer it. If you were on an island and you were a hot dog, who would you eat yourself? I, I, I guess so. You made a wise choice, my friend. <laughs> I know I would. I put my best on myself. I'd be so delicious. Uh, but it, but it, you know, and and they, it was the same. It's all everybody wants. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to do that. Again. I love Harry Carey. Uh, the uh, Cubs the- win. <laughs> Cubs win. <laughs> Keep jumping in because I'm good with it. But 
everybody wants their 30 second clip of asking the same got you kind of question. And it's a little annoying, but they were, they were hammering them. It's like, like, you know, the House Committee on Ethics suggested you recuse yourself from the Russian investigation because of the last couple years of going on Fox News saying this is a witch hunt. Why won't you recuse yourself? Well, I looked at all the evidence and I reviewed it and I don't think it. And, and then the next person would ask the same question. It's like, look, the House Committee, you know, said this. So it is what it is. And there is one instance where he was being grilled. And then he got to I forget what the the nature of the question was, but instead of answering the question, he goes, uh, "I think your time is up." Like Matt right. Whitaker said, "I think we were all agreed that we would all have five minute segments, and I think your time is up." So he didn't even answer the question. Yeah, he's such a. But again, that he is there not for the House, not for the Republicans, not for this anything else, but he is an audition for one. Was there a Carol Burnett maid behind him mopping up the flop sweat <laughs> that must have been pouring from his head? Because he is a sweaty individual. He's a sweaty guy. He's a sweater. He's a, uh, what was Chris Farley's? Matt Foley. Matt Foley. Right. Very Matt Foley-ish. <laughs> um, I am thrice divorced. <laughs> so if you, uh, so, so my favorite part of the news this week is, first of all, the guy's name who runs the National Enquirer's name is Pecker. That that's the kind of stuff you're you. I'm looking right at you, Joe. Have never come up with anything half as funny as the guy or myself or any comedian. The guy's name is Pecker. Uh, you know, it's right up there with uh, Anthony Weiner. Who, who I was going to say? Who's the guy who was in office who couldn't stop sending dick pics out? Uh, Sorry, yeah, but I mean, Pecker is still. Doing Trump's dirty job and blackmailing people and, you know, on his enemies list. And he has allegedly has a picture of Jeff Bezos, which if I was Jeff Bezos, I'd be like, yeah, I don't fucking care. I still I have all the I have all the money in the world. I don't think I'm not going to get laid. He's already getting a divorce. Like, it's not like, oh, no, he's ruining my marriage. Right. I mean, Jeff Bezos. 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 Thank you. Can lose half of his fortune. He is still the richest guy in the world. It's it's like, it's like Wayne Gretzky scoring records. Well, he has double. He's tied for second richest person in the world. With who? His ex-wife. <laughs> I see what you've done there. But that's the thing. It's like is manage is my management who orders five things on Amazon a week gonna stop ordering from Amazon because he has a dick pic out there? Uh no. No. You, you know, are we gonna cancel our, you know, uh, uh Amazon Prime? Membership because well, you saw the the the, the, the open letter. I mean, obviously we know that's because of the open letter that he wrote on Medium, which I didn't realize was still around. Medium dot com. But Jeff Bezos said, "Yeah, I won't be extorted." And I didn't. It was a little too long. Didn't read for me, but I got the gist of it. Yeah, there are dick pics out there, um, but um, I'm just not. I'm not going to be your dancing monkey. And this this harkens back to we've talked about it, when when Letterman was getting blackmailed. Mm-hmm. And he went to the FBI, and they had a whole sting. And I just remember we had him talking about like the guy wanted two million dollars, and he really wanted to bring one of those big oversized Clarence checks, you know, to the guy publishes clearinghouse. Um, but that's the thing, and, and and here it is, like Pecker could be now in violation of his his plea agreement. You know, you can't, you know, and 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 uh, what is it? Rowan Farrow's come out. It's like, yeah, he's blackmailed me, and here's. I mean, this is how the guys operated for forty years. Like this whole cartel is coming down. 
You would think, or I would hope. Yeah, we'll oh. see. We'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. I wonder if this will show up in the Inquirer. Do you know? Um, Inquiring minds want to know. When you think of all the snowflakes, the the owning the libs and uh, and, and the snowflakes out there with hurt feelings. Uh, top of the list has to be the guy at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue who doesn't think it's right. You shouldn't be able to harass or say things about the president. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 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 Not not really clear on how the how the whole Constitution works. Well, to be clear, he doesn't think that you should have the right to criticize or harass a white president. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, all right. Right. That must have been the subtext of his tweet. Yes. Yes. Okay. Because if you remember, he kind of harassed the last president who was not white about possibly not being un-American. Yes. Yeah, uh, when I when I saw his, um, well, because I, I haven't blocked, I, I only see it if other people post it. And you have to the, they, the screenshot. Yeah. But when I I love when people like repost his tweets. It's like there's always a tweet. There's like for yeah. everything. You're right. You know, that's the only time I have to de- like right because I have it blocked on my thing. But then you have to click the link to read what the Trump tweet that they're referencing is. Those I go in for like when there's there's always a tweet. I like trying to solve the puzzle because you know <laughs> I don't know what's going on right, and then I'll get on Twitter and then I'll see them commenting and saying, "Oh, there's always a tweet," and then I'll like, "Okay, what's the tweet say?" All right, now why would he say he shouldn't harass a president? Oh, probably cuz yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this I think and then the, the Candace Owens thing came out and it was a tweet about how great Candace Owens is and what a great, you know, person she is and she's great. She's one of the good ones. You know that sort of thing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to say something like that because you know he said, "Where's my blacks?" Yeah, I mean, what more do you want? Come on. And who came running out on stage? But HUD secretary, uh, what's his face? Did he come running out? Does he ever run? Does it? No, Ben Carson. Ben Carson, you know. No. And and and, 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 and uh, we're getting off the track. We are getting off the track. So enough of this crap. Thank God. Let's get. So you're not prepared to do it. But, I'm never prepared to do the podcast. But but, uh, but this week I was trying to think, you know, what what should what should we do with this week's self indulgent theater? I will always go with a Dan Cray Beyond Abe five head song as of last week's asshole neighbor. By the way, John Hunt liked it very much. Um, it's one of my favorite songs. Period. Um, and somehow you made it even better. But this week, I thought, you know, for our uh, for our co-host uh, uh, Jim, and for our good friend Steve, why don't we dip back a little bit into popular culture? And when I think of the three of you, I think you know, you know, just another Boston boy band that was right there on the edge in the in the in the nineties. So I asked Joe if he could. Pick any song from the New Kids on the Block catalog and do it in the voice of uh, Christopher Walken. Actually, the Christopher Walken request came from Dan. Dan's like, yeah, I bet Joe does a great Christopher Walken. All right. So while you were yapping, I went on YouTube and I pulled up a, a karaoke video of a New Kids song that maybe I can kind of read along to. Okay. And I'm gonna. I, this is all kind of off, off the cuff here. I'm going to do... Because people love it. Right I guess. off the bean. <laughs> right off the old bean. I'm going to do Please Don't Go Girl by New Kids on the Block as read or sung by Christopher Walken. 
We've been together for a long time, baby. Do you have to leave? Please, don't go, girl. I just can't live without you. So please don't go, girl. Please don't go, girl. You would ruin my whole world. Tell me you'll stay. And never ever go away. I love you. I love you. I guess I always will. You are my best friend. Girl, you are my love within. I just want you to know that I will always need more cowbell and love you. <laughs> oh, baby, tell me you'll stay. Never ever go away. Something of that nature. I need you. I need you. I guess I always will. Girl, more champagne. <laughs> you're my best friend. Girl, you're my love within. I just want you to know that this watch has been up my ass for three years and that I will always love you. Oh, baby. Don't go, girl. Oh, no. I'm breaking into actual boy band. Please. Don't go, girl. Oh, baby. Oh, there's more words. All right, I had to help with it. All right, that's enough of that shit. That's, that's, that was a waste you of time. You cannot get enough of that. It, it's the faces and the dancing, but I did very, very, very much appreciate the uh, throwing in Christopher Walken lines. Had to, because there was no Christopher Walken impersonation. Yeah, yeah. I already did an episode called Worst Impression. This can't be part two. I can't make this worst impression. Your impressions are much better than mine. So, uh, now that there's not a dry eye in the towns, got to go, you know, wipe these tears away. And hear from our defunct sponsor of the week. Aloha, kids. Dino Pebbles has three new marshmallows. And what I wouldn't do to taste them. Aloha. Chief. My Princess Hula needs a partner for the siphon contest. Certainly. And I need a marshmallowy mouthful of these new suns, palm trees, surfboards, and of course, Dino's. Marshmallowy Dino Licious. Dino? Bonnie, my Dino Pebbles! This serves up. Post Dino Pebbles cereal, part of this nutritious breakfast. So everybody uh, listening to this owes Joe a thank you for not making uh, you have to download a Super Bowl 53 sideshow, which I will go off for anywhere from one to nine hours talking about a three-hour game. Um, a three-hour game. 
the weather. So uh, I will confine it here. I will also make a promise slash pledge unless it's completely news breaking, you know, uh, story that can't wait. I'm, I'm going to go a whole uh, till t- t- March without mentioning the Patriots after we close out the 2016 uh, season and, and, you know, Super Bowl 50. Well, the t- uh, 2019, sorry, 2019. 2018 season. 19 season. No. Wait, oh, wait. A- 18 season, right. Super yeah. Bowl night. But oh, Super Bowl 53. Um, you know, I-, I will say that the news broke today that, like, Danny Amendola has, you know, in- hinted that he wants to come back. I was going to say, is he pressing his face and hands up against the glass and the store window going, please, sir. <laughs> <laughs> May yeah. I have some more tea. Being on a seven and nine team, looking inside, you know, <laughs> on like, the outside yeah, looking in. He's like Charlie Bucket and Willy Wonka. Yeah. at the candy store. So he, um, so I will, uh, I will, I will say, uh, I know a lot of people thought it was a boring Super Bowl game, and I have it to was. say, you're right. Yeah. Uh, unless you really, you know, had had, and I hate the term. I you know. Like, What's a better term than had a dog in the fight? But because every play, because it was three to nothing for absolutely ever, because the Patriots missed a field goal, any play at any time could have completely changed that. Both teams, for the most part, played like dog shit. Right. One team played, and I mean this, I'm not just saying it, it's like one team played like more dog shit than the other. Uh, the Patriots had drives that stalled out. But they would get a first down or two or three before punting the ball. The you know the Rams three and out, three and out, three. And, but again, you know they have a couple great wide receivers. We know one of them, you know Cook, f- for instance, was one play away. I mean that whole game was one play away. And even at the end, you know uh, there was two touchdown passes thrown by the Rams. Both of them dropped by receivers, and 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 one of them was kind of a drop with with pressure, and the other one, Jason McCourty, made one hell of a play because you know I, I mean I've had no life, I've done nothing but rewatch the games and the highlights, and that back of the end zone where it looks on TV, it looks like Cook was wide open, and Jason McCourty came out of. What I love is is one of the many shows that I've watched this week. It's called Turning Point, and. The Patriots got beat by the same play earlier in the game, but luckily Goff didn't see him open. So they ran the play again, but they had broken it down on the sidelines. Like, hey, when this goes out, he's going to be there. You're going to have to make this coverage. I mean, when the ball left Goff's hand, Jason McCourty was 18 yards away. Like like you can see on the field. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I, I mean, whatever they paid him that season, that that one play alone was probably Super Bowl saving. I hope it gets double next year. Uh, <laughs> well, see, one of the things I loved about this weekend, one of the things that management loved this week is the, the identical twins and all the fun that they were having Super Bowl week and interviews were having with them. And she really you know, grew to like them. And Devin McCourty, who's been with the Pats you know, his whole career, has been to five Super Bowls. His brother, on the other hand, Devin McCourty's been to five Super Bowls and nine AFC title games in his career. His brother, who played nine years in Cleveland and for Tennessee, had never even been in a playoff game, let alone a Super Bowl. And Devin had said he was one of the people earlier in the week. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, what else can you do? I mean, to win another Super Bowl, to be a three-time Super Bowl winner, and to do it with my brother, 
You know, it will it will not get better than that. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great ending to you know two very very distinguished careers. Um, uh, I I had like a funny thing happening um, in in connection to the Super Bowl. So leading up to the Super Bowl, you know me, I love watching retro game stuff on YouTube, and I'm doing nothing but watching retro game stuff on YouTube leading up to the Super Bowl. So much so that one person actually put the Tech Mobile version of the of the current L.A. Rams and current New England Patriots rosters because every year there are, there's like a, a group of people online who they tweak the roster of the original Tecmo Super Bowl for the Nintendo with updated rosters, and they do this year after year after year. And and they updated even like within season, so it's not like just for the last season, like. If you know somebody gets injured, if somebody right. starts to become a breakout player, they'll adapt to that. So they put the Rams and the Patriots against each other, and and you can have the computer play the computer and just see what happens. Turns out this final score, thirteen to three. Really, Rams. Oh, and it could have been, you know, uh, but it couldn't have been if you watched all the all the Patriot porn this week, all the mic'd up stuff that I can't get enough of. I will tell you. When I believe the Rams lost the game oh. before kickoff, <laughs> uh, and I mean that, Sean McVay, the 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 new whiz kid, you know, and it, and it's come out; it's not a hidden secret. Um, Goff, I guess, is not a smart guy; doesn't read coverages, but is a good athlete and a good quarterback. They, what they've done all year is a coach can talk to the quarterback in the headset. Till 15 seconds left in the play clock. So they get up to the line before 15 seconds and run a play before the defense can, you know, can change. The Patriots went into every play with two looks. And when he went to the line, would change their look. I mean, it confused the fuck out of him, and he couldn't make these decisions on the run. But when I say he lost the game before the game, if you see him going up and talking to Bill Belichick, his coaches shake hands, just Gushing. Gushing. Like, absolutely gushing. Like, hey, watching film on you guys, you know, it, it was really tough this week. And Belichick says, yeah, yeah, you know, we had a hard time breaking you guys down. You run a lot of different offenses, some great looks. And he goes, well, you guys are like chameleons and you change every week. And it was like breaking down 60, like going off. And it's like. I thought it was a little gauche to ask uh, Belichick to sign his Patriots hat. Right, right <laughs> then and there. Uh, now, this. This, in the grand scheme of things, means nothing. And I understand that. And I think most people understand this. There's a roof on the new on the new stadium, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that opens and shuts like a, a camera lens. You, you, you saw how... Yeah, it, like an iris. Like right. A, right. And the NFL had it shut like the day of the game, but then opened it a couple hours beforehand... And Belichick is talking to the ref. It's like, I thought they were shutting this. And the ref said, well, they want it open for the flyover, and then they want to close it at kickoff. And Belichick's like, what do you mean at kickoff? Don't we want to close it before kickoff? And basically the ref's like, yeah, the NFL wants the optical of seeing the roof closing as the ball's in the air. Like NFL Films has a camera in the 50-yard line looking straight up so as the ball goes flying overhead in slow motion, you can see it. And then Belichick goes over and he tells 
you know, talk to one of the one of the assistant coaches says, okay, well, it's going to be open, you know, so the wind's coming from here. If we get the ball, because when during the coin toss, you can choose if you win it to take it or to defer. Yeah. But the team that loses the coin toss gets to pick what direction the ball's kicked in. And so Belichick wanted to make sure they were kicking with the wind behind him and the Rams would be kicking. I got to say, what a nerd. Right, right. What a fucking nerd. It, it, maybe that affects one percent of the game. Maybe, maybe you know but it's the butterfly effect. If, kind even of thing. right on the other side of the field, Sean McVay was talking to one of his coaches about the same thing. Oh man, this roof is really cool. Like the flyout is going to look great, and he's looking around at the spectacle of the Super Bowl, just awed by the moment, like blown away by the spectacle of what the Super Bowl was. Act like you've been there, even if you haven't. And, and here's Bill. Pissed off, not at the ref, but just pissed off. It's like, well, they said they were going to close it. And then he's like, okay, well, I can't do anything about it. So he goes and, how is this going to affect our game plan? Let's, let's, <laughs> enough of the bullshit. Now that we know what we're dealing with, let's deal with it. Does the iris close counterclockwise or clockwise? I need to know. Right. I, I mean, and that's the kind of the, the, so back to the, the mic'd up stuff. Brady was not one of the people mic'd up, but Edelman was. And I forget who else was on the offense. So, but you hear everything in the huddle. And the first drive, you know, they're marching down the field. Brady makes a bad read, throws a bad pick. The next possession, he comes right out and he's like, hey, that one's on me. I'm not going to make any more mistakes. That's it. Done fucking up. Like, instantly, you know, I mean, throws it on himself. And, and then he didn't. One of the keys that I think, and, and I had said this on the podcast before him. I thought one of the keys to the game, Brady cannot go into the game trying to win an MVP. He can't, you know, he had great numbers. He actually, he didn't have great, he had some good numbers, but he's only thrown two touchdown passes with all the, all the points scored against Kansas City and all the points scored against the Chargers. <clears throat> he threw it from the 20 to the five yard line, and then they ran in it. They, they, they relied on their running game. And I I really believed going in, if Brady didn't try to force things, try to force things to Gronk, try to force things to Edmund, try to force things to Hogan in that case, if he didn't worry about, you know, trying to get that MVP nod and just let, let somebody else. And the funny thing is, um, you know, Matthew Slater was who I love, who we talked about as being one of the unsung heroes. Uh, who I think was one to six hundred for the you know Super Bowl MVP <laughs> because he had downed two balls inside the five on the punting game because he threw a huge hit on a punt return going into the fourth quarter when they started talking about it. Romo and Nance were like, "Is are we are we seriously looking right now at Matthew Slater as being <laughs> a serious contender for the MVP?" And at that point, yeah, he he. he he really was. Mm-hmm. You know? But then Edelman, Edelman yeah, really kind of... I mean, then the Patriots won, and, you know... Well, and, and that's the thing. With Edelman, he... Again, it's like... We'll talk about Jules in a second and the bigger scope. But in that game, uh, of he had... I want to say he had 140 yards of catches, of which 70 yards were in the air. The, you know, if everything else... I mean, his yards after catches was off the chart. And he had 10 catches. Of the 10 catches, 8 of them were for first down. And it's true. It's like how how is he not coverable? How can you not cover this guy? Like, you know what I mean? He he's not <coughs> Jerry Rice. He's right. not, you know, Randy Moss. He's not this 
physically uh, uh, Megatron. What, what was the guy's name in Detroit? Who was this six seven? Or, or that's that's what Gronk would do. You know, Gronk, Gronk's success so much of his career, his catch radius. You know, go to the back of the end zone. I'm going to throw it over everybody's head. <laughs> it's going to look like it's going to go four rows, and and Gronk, you're going to jump up and snag this thing. I mean, Jules doesn't have that, right? <laughs> Um, well, what what about your thoughts of the Super Bowl? Did you enjoy your viewing? <laughs> uh, I like. She, she's not listening. <laughs> yeah, no, I liked uh, watching the Super Bowl with your parents. It was great, and then, you know your sister and and her husband, and then My cousin, your cousin, and your um your your younger son, youngest one. Yeah, young. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he. I liked. The, what was the bribe that if he stayed into the game? <sighs> Through the whole game, he got to take the day. And the Patriots won. Patriots won. He'd get to take the day off because that's what good parents do. Yeah, and uh, and he was not disappointed. Um, so, you know who was disappointed who? is his brother because my cousin who brought the cupcakes, I sent one home with management. And the deal always is, you know, it's like I always say, I never have the first beer or the first whatever until the Patriots score a touchdown. And the last two games, opening drive, you, you <laughs> right. know. So this poor little bastard, you know, you know, had to wait three and a half. I mean, honestly, that's it's it was a slog. Yeah, right. And and I'll ask you seriously, because we know the answer with me. I mean, I was cringeworthy the whole time. I mean, did you ever feel like the Rams were gonna pull this off? Um or did you have the feeling? No, honestly, it was so close, and both teams were playing so wishy-washy that I think... And the Rams got there because of some fucked-up call. Correct, you yeah. know. So, no, I didn't think that the Patriots had it in the bag, and neither did you, even with four seconds left to, <laughs> to go fi- in the game. Look, you know, so let's talk about the ending for a sec. It was, you know, they had a missed field goal, and that that's a the, whole... The Rams the, had yeah, a missed the Ram, field goal. The, Ram, the Patriots... Here, here's the thing about Brady's greatness. Yeah, he threw 260 some yards, no touchdown, one interception. Those aren't stats that blow you away. One of the interesting things, and I said this, the difference, one of the big difference between Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Tom Brady has thrown a bunch of interceptions in playoff games and in Super Bowl games. He tends to throw them in the first quarter, often on the fir- on the first drive, and and it's like this is so fucking unreal that the three points that the Patriots scored in in Brady's ninth Super Bowl is the most points they've ever scored in a Tom Brady Super Bowl in the first quarter. They they do not score points. Period. The end. In the first quarter, it doesn't matter if you put up thirty. Five against the Chargers, or what was it? There's 42, I think it won. Oh, 38, I think it was a final score against the Chargers. And, and you know, 30-some points against the Chiefs. He comes out and three points, and, that, and that's it. You know, but he doesn't throw them late. The Patriots, in their nine Super Bowls, uh, have outscored the opponents. Like in, the, in this stat, it's like I had to look it up when I saw it. I was like, that can't be right. Forty nine or the last, like, yeah, forty nine to nothing in their last three Super Bowls wow. that they won. Forty nine to nothing. Um, it's pretty mesmerizing. Yeah, the Patriots are, uh, dare I say, pretty great. What you, now? As a as a Patriot fan and 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 more than just a casual person, let me ask you a couple questions that I don't know the answers to, but I I, I don't know the answer to one. Does this make up? For the Malcolm Butler being benched last year, which we will never know if that would have won the game, but 
No, and that doesn't make up for it because it just you look at that and go, damn it, we could have had seven Super Bowls. Or, or do you look at it and say, you know, because a lot of the players talk during the week and, and the mic'd up stuff were also saying the same thing. It's like, we know what it feels like to lose this game. We're not losing this game. A lot of the people who were on that field last year were like, life is a lot different in the offseason when you win this game and when you lose this game. And But look, Malcolm Butler played three plays last year in the Super Bowl, all on special teams. This year, and they lost. This year, he played none, and they won. So maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe he played too much last year. Here's the other question. Um, it's or, or, or the other thought. It's hard now to argue that holding on to Brady and getting rid of Garoppolo was a bad idea because last year's Super Bowl, Brady, you know, had you kept him for the whole year, you would have made it to that Super Bowl anyway. But there's no guarantee that if Jimmy G played 10 years, he'd get you back to a Super Bowl and win one. Brady's already done that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's so it's hard to now say. I mean, yeah, Garoppolo will play another eight, nine years. Maybe he'll do something with the 49ers or whatever. But I, I think that takes that, not, not, I don't know if staying or the argument, but. The, the crafts can say, well, we're justified now. You know, it's like, I know Bill had the succession plan, but here you go. Yeah. I don't know. And uh, looking ahead to, to I mean, the season? No, I'm not looking ahead. No. I mean, off-season? Thoughts on the off-season? Uh, well, Edelman shaved his beard on Ellen DeGeneres' show today. Well, he said he was, you know, he had something planned. They asked him on the sideline and stuff, you know, was this a playoff beard when it's coming off? And he said, yeah, you know, but it was a charity thing. I didn't. You know. Yeah, it was like the Boys and Girls Club of Boston. Oh, good for him. Yeah, I think it was, well, Edelman matched Ellen's ten thousand dollar charity contribution. So I guess it's for the show. So twenty grand goes to the you know the big brother. Was it the I'm sorry the uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of Boston? So it doesn't seem like a lot of money. It does not. It really doesn't. Because like, I remember like CC Top like this is twenty years ago. Got like. Offered a million dollars each to shave their beard. You right. Know, I, I, thought, I thought, but hey, I don't think Julian Edelman's up there in the stratosphere. Is easy top. So the, the so two quick things, one quick thing, and you know now they're talking. Okay, what we did for Tom two years ago was load up and and spend to the salary cap. This year we we didn't do it this year. Like two years ago they went out and got the weapons. They got Cook. They got the running back from Buffalo. You know they. Um, Edelman was there, Gronk was there. The whole, the whole kit and caboodle, and people were talking about nineteen and 0 two years ago. This year, completely emptied the cabinet. Like Tom Brady started with no jewels, no Edelman, no Gronk, no no Cooks, um, yeah, no Dion Lewis. But now the talk is again. We already mentioned Danny Amendola talked about coming back, but there's some huge name free agent wide receivers. Do they give Tom one more crack at this? And it's hard looking, you know, I mean, this isn't fanboy uh, uh, boot looking here. I mean, Vegas has them second behind, just just behind Kansas City to win the Super Bowl next year. And, and granted, we're 12 months away. But, but you're talking about a, a strategy that I don't think Bill Belichick has ever followed. No, they did. That was, a, that was the weird thing two years ago. And that's what pissed off Belichick. As they decided they were going to do what they never do, mortgage away the future. They traded away their first-round pick to get a wide receiver. They On the first day of free agency two years ago, they got, they got Buffalo's running back, who was a, one of the top two 
three free agent running backs in all of football. They got the number one corner free agent. Both happened to be from Buffalo. Buffalo was a piece of shit, but they had a great running back and a great cornerback. Day one of free agency, the Patriots never go and make a big splash. Not only did they sign both of those guys, they traded away their first-round draft pick. Two years ago, they pushed all in, and that was the thing. The Crafts, Brady, Belichick, okay, here's the succession plan. Tom's got this one more year. Then Jimmy takes over, but we want Tom to go out a winner. We don't want Tom to go out a winner. We want Tom to right the wrong from 2007. Let's go for 19-0, and 0, win the Super Bowl, and then Tom rides off into the sunset. That's why it was so weird that Belichick mortgaged the future, which he never does. He always, you know, he always has ten million in, in reserves halfway through the season in case you need to pick somebody up. You know, you want to give away a first round draft pick for you know it, it is what it is. Uh, but it's interesting that there's already that talk. The last thing before getting off Patriot talk, and I've gone round and round with some people this week. Julian Edelman, Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm probably not knowledgeable enough to to answer this, but I'm going to say yes. And and there's people who are saying no, um, because again, w- w- we joke about it every game. What's a knock on Tom Brady as far as his his quarterback arm and the dinking and dunking? Oh, it's oh, like yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, yeah. because he doesn't throw a 60-yard bomb all the time. I mean, he's had a bunch of them this season. The one to Hogan against Pittsburgh. You yeah. know, or what was that? Yeah. They lost to Pittsburgh, but the first play of the game, 60-yard bomb to Hogan. Uh-huh. I mean, the pass to Gronk to set up the game-winning touchdown. Mm-hmm. A 30-yard strike in triple coverage, that that window. Right. But it's a 5-10-yard. It's a stupid dinking and dunking the whole way down the You're field. You're just buying into the to the anti-Brady hype. Well, you listen to too much sports talk. No, no, but what I'm saying, that's what they're saying about Jules. Uh-huh. It's because he's not a track star who's catching these circus catches. It's like, sure, he caught eight first down catches. Sure, he had the most yards in the game. Sure, you know, he has the second most receiving yards and play uh, the second most receiving yards or I'm sorry, the second most catches by a wide receiver in all of Super Bowl history and playoff history. I mean, he's number two behind Jerry Rice in every category. Mm -hmm. My arguments is a twofold thing. He's not fucking done. If Brady plays another two or three years and they go to two or three AFC title games, and he just plays one or two more playoff games a year for the next two to three years, averaging eight passes a game. He could possibly catch Jerry Rice and be number one in yards, be number one in reception, but he already has three rings. If he never wins, I mean, there are not many categories, whether it's a running back, quarterback, and you look when people talk about, okay, Eli Manning has won eight playoff games. All of those were, you know, the two Super Bowls. He went on two runs where he won four playoff games. He's never won another playoff game. In his career, he's a 500, you know, winning percentage quarterback. He has less than a two-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. He never, he's missed the playoffs. He's played for like 12 years. He's missed the playoffs like seven or eight times. Been one and done three times. Two great Super Bowl runs. And people are like, well, he's a two-time winning Super Bowl quarterback. Of course he's in the Hall of Fame. How, you know, same same thing when you look at numbers of like, you know, even um I'm just not going to name all the people, mm-hmm. but there are very few people who have won three Super Bowls, have played in four, 
have been a Super Bowl MVP and are number two in the most important categories that their position can have, whether it's a linebacker or tackles, whether it's a running back with yards or touchdowns. Uh, but that's my big argument. And the other, the, the last argument that I've made and – you know what? What I love, and and I am. I just don't even listen to it anymore because you're just an idiot. You're just an idiot. If you do anything but say he belongs, you know, on the Mount Rushmore, it's like most people are starting to say, "Stop talking about Tom Brady in football terms." It's Muhammad Ali. You know, it's it's seriously, it's Muhammad Ali. It's you know whoever else from this sport, that sport. Who goes on the Mount Rushmore of of sports athletes? Yeah, right. Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan, right. Um, John Daly. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I know the easy one is to say Babe Ruth, but for me, no. it's really hard to put anybody before integration, you know, up there. It, you know, it's really, it's really hard for me to say. I mean, Hank Aaron. I mean, right, right. You know, maybe someone like him or Hank. So, so you go down the list and it's like. Or what Jackie I, Robinson. Whatever. What I love is like he, you know, it's like last year he lost the Super Bowl. If you're. He lost the Super Bowl. He threw three touchdown passes for 500 yards. But this year, you know, the defense won. He didn't win it because he didn't throw a touchdown pass. Only three, you know, so you're just – when you're trying to nitpick which is the worst of his six Super Bowl wins, you got to stop. And so what – you know – Brady uh, likes that. You know, like he doesn't like to be, you know, called the greatest of all time. He likes to be called trash. He uh, he does. Uh, and so the so this drives is, him. So this is the this is the, the my biggest uh, my biggest point that I've had in conversation with people this week. Okay, if Montana's better because he's four and zero in the Super Bowl, no interceptions, no interceptions, then Eli Manning is better than Peyton Manning because Eli's two and zero in the Super Bowl and Peyton's two and two in the Super Bowl. So if you're going to use Tom Brady not winning every Super Bowl against him. When you have to, and when you hear that, it's like, do you hear how dumb you sound saying that out loud? Yeah, and I, people just don't want to admit that Tom Brady is a god among men. He, and, you know, Gronk can't come back for that number. He can't come back for 12 million bucks. He can't be a a 50% blocking tight end, which he did amazing in the playoffs, and give you two or three great catches again. Not at $12 million, but there, there are signs that, He's he's talking about it, you know. Uh, the the other big thing that makes me happy. But didn't you want to trade him away last season? Yes, and I was right because you saw how he played. Like the whole for he was hurt this whole season. What I think you do with Gronk, and the NHL finally put a stop to this in the late nineties and early two thousands. You would have a lot of amazing hockey players on the wrong side of thirty five. Uh, Forsberg, uh, you know, Tamu Solani, other people who would retire, who would l- honestly retire and go back to Finland, Sweden, Canada. To, they're out of hockey and come back in February and kick ass the last third of the season in the playoffs. Like they would get picked up as a free agent. They would either come back to their team or if their contract was up, instead of extending the contract or being traded or whatever, they would retire and come back. And a number of players did this. And it's like, in hockey, there's 82 games. Do you want to grind it out, you know, on a random Tuesday early in the season against a team that's going to finish with 10 wins in the season? No, it takes a toll on your body. I think, because again, you saw Gronk, you know, early in the season was great. Then it was awful. He was hurt for most of the season. Comes back, was, you know, great towards the end, or was good. 
you know, like the last two games of the season, had a week off, was amazing against the Chargers, good against Kansas City, had a week off. I I, I would. I make a deal with Gronk. It's like, look, we can't pay you twelve million dollars against salary cap. We can pay you six. And guess what? No OTAs. You pull your groin the first day of the season and you sit out the first two games. Play a game or two. Sit out a game. Play. And I mean that. It's like, honestly, I don't think I don't think anybody. The Jets might have a good year. They they've kind of have a lot of young talent. They I think might be a playoff team, but I don't think they challenge you for the AFC. I mean, honestly, this is the arrogance of us, but the rightful arrogance. You're playing for January, not September, not October. I would rest him. And if you got a two, three game lead, yeah, dress him for the game, but just have him block. Don't have him go out for, you know, we, we don't need. He doesn't need to crush it every single game, right? He doesn't have to run up number, put bubble, numbers. Put, put bubble wrap on him, you know, break, break when needed, you know, for six. Um, but yeah, so, so I, I. So you want to run the Patriots is what you could, could not be happier. And it's you, and you see my mom at the at every game. This doesn't affect your life if they lose. Don't let these things. It does because I just I just all week just wake up happier, you know, or 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 not bummed that I woke up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know what that's like at all. Uh, but yeah, it, complete euphoria. So great. Unless something big happens, I won't mention anything. About the Pats for one calendar month on this podcast, Joe. You're not getting off the hook. Um, so now, yeah, let's talk a little bit more. So, another thing does Jules go on the Mount Rushmore of great Jewish sports legends with Sandy Koufax? And sure, what, what, okay, that, that's, that's what my friend William said. And hey, okay, you know, great, there you go. Yeah, all right. So, now we move <laughs> on to everybody's favorite part of the week. Uh, that's the end of the show. So we're going to go out on... No. No. Oh. And it's not the random video game review of the week. Two things. You got a request to talk about um, that I that I sent you from All-Star Tommy. Yeah, I started reading on that. It was, I don't know, kind of boring. The topic about how video game flops are happening. Uh, is it, what, what are the big flops of the year? What? Uh, 2008, 2018. 2018. What were the big flops? Uh, from what I understand, like Grand Theft Auto Online isn't doing well. Uh, there was a sequel to a game called Destiny. There are a lot of multiplayer online games. Um, kind of, there were some. A lot of them were kind of busts. Uh, I think the Red Dead Redemption Online was a little buggy, and it wasn't. There, there was a lot of um, microtransactions involved in that. So I don't know. I, I read the article. It's. All about, you know, they're looking at, like, the big AAA game producers. Like, Electronic Arts fell short of, you know, speculation, um, Wall Street speculation. So, uh, Is it one of those things where Suicide Squad was a flop? It made a billion dollars. <laughs> kind of, yes. Right. Because every year, the... Because Wall Street looks at video games now as, like, a Hollywood, as, like, movies. But it's, like, it's publicly traded stuff. So, yeah, you want to... Um, you're always going to try to want to speculate higher than the year before as far as sales goes. And eventually you will plateau when it, you start to saturate the market with samey kind of games. And, you know, that's that's going to happen. Now, you know, not to mention like 2018 was probably a great year for Nintendo. I think the Switch was like the fastest selling, uh, you know, console of of its time. Uh 
and um, there's two in this house right now being used. Exactly right, and it's um, so it's all about perspective. I think that from that article, I think that was a Bloomberg article too. So that was, I I believe it was more financially slanted. I mean, obviously, if you're going to call a game, if they're going to focus on flop games, you're going to look at the finances. Well, that's the thing. It's like again. Um, you know, Suicide Squad's a great thing. I don't know if it cracked a billion, but it was close to a billion. It cost like $175 million to make. It's like, But it didn't meet expectations that the industry set. You know, remember last year when the ratings were down at the NFL, but it's still 19 of the top 20 watched shows in 2017 were football games? It's like, okay, so... Ratings were down across the board. Right. So so it's like... It's all relative. Yeah, so there were... But then there were, like, massive hit games. You know, like, Red Dead Redemption 2 was a hit. You know, Grand Theft Auto 5... Well, that wasn't a couple of years ago, but... Um, God of War was a big hit. Uh, Spider-Man, you know, made a right. ton of money. So there, there were plenty of high-end games that were smash hits. You know, that's not saying that every AAA game that's going to be produced by, you know, like Electronic Arts, they produce, uh, EA does like the Star Wars Battlefield and those types of games. And those are always met uh, with trepidation. And, and usually our flops when you think of the number of dollars put into producing those games versus the satisfaction and the repeat business of video gamers that are going to want to buy more and more of Electronic Arts uh, product. Like, you're always going to have the Maddens. Like, even Madden was down from last year. And just EA, that that's a whole other animal. Like, EA is like, they're like the, 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 the granddaddy uh, big, triple-A developer, like or publisher, rather. But they spread themselves all over the world, all over the board. They have Star Wars games, they have Madden, they have um, you name it. And uh, FIFA, they do, they, they do the FIFA soccer game. So they have their fingers in everything. And, you know, eventually, and I think their model is that they're, they want to focus more on those microtransactions, almost like, kind of like the free-to-play model, where Fortnite, for example, free-to-play, humongously popular um but they make their money in in, in transactions and selling you know these little uh costumes. bucks yeah and dances and fucking shoot me. but then, then you also have to consider the audiences that you're targeting like ea has the usual usually they they target the the college age young adult demographic like they're not going after me. The 12 right they're not going well no <laughs> they're not going after the 12 <laughs> they're not going after the 12 year olds they're going after the dude, not priest the dude bros they're going after you know the the, the kids who the, the high school kids and the college kids that are just want to play mad and that just want to you know uh that that are into gaming but they're not they're not into buying all the bullshit you know um so they're not going to be forking they're they're a little bit more um, uh, what's the word? Discretionary with their income. You know, like they're not going to just pour money into, you know, getting a um, uh, a special outfit on uh, a character. Well, I think game. that was the knock on Battlefield is it didn't market to the uh, to the Fortnite younger kid crowd. It like that was your oldest ones like knock on it unless you were going to buy all these weapon upgrades that you couldn't unlock in the game that you had to buy, it wasn't worth playing. It was, yeah, it's a, the, the pay-to-win model, basically. So the uh, whatever... So that was, I guess, my take on the article, is that it's kind of kind of BSy, but, um, you know, video games are doing just fine. All right, now let's get to the semi 
Random video game. What is this? Kaboom. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Jacques pulls out a very handsome-looking Atari game called Kangaroo uh, for the Atari 2600. It's uh, it's a, a later game from 1983. It's got that, uh, that nice silvery label, that nice shiny silver label. I forget. I don't think I've ever played Kangaroo. Um, my guess is that you play a kangaroo. And according to the uh, box art, you are um, you have lipstick and a bow tie and uh, boxing gloves. So I think in, in it, and the kangaroo in question is punching out a monkey that has got another kangaroo in a bamboo cage with a lock on it. So my guess is that you're trying to rescue your baby roo from the bad monkeys, and you have to knock them out along the way. I'm going to say it's a fun game. I'm guessing. Never played it. Maybe I will tonight. Is this what it is? Kangaroo is a platform game. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, because I was uh, getting rid of some stuff, and that that was somehow in management's treasure trove, and I've never known, like, you know, stumble upon one of those. So I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, you know, I know where this is going. Oh, my God. So, it's going to go right on my shovel. Oh, thank you. I, I cannot say whether it works or not, but, you know. I'm sure it's You, you just don't fine. throw out a piece of gold like that. I'm sure it's just fine. Now, if I were to pay for such an item, oh. if I really wanted to venture out into the World Wide Web and say, hey, I need me some kangaroo, and I want to be so legitimate in my playing of kangaroo that I'm not even going to download a ROM and play it on an emulator. I'm going to fork over hard-earned cash and buy the actual physical cartridge to be shipped to me via some sort of courier service to then insert into my legitimate Atari 2600 and play on my old CRT television in my 52-degree basement. How much would I pay for such an experience? I would wager $3. <laughs> you know, I actually see a copy right here. Uh-huh. For three ninety nine. Uh, oh no, that's the Atari uh, fifty two hundred oh, version. Oh, so let me go back. Yeah, right. that's the uh, fifty two hundred version, which is probably truer in graphics to the arcade port because it was a generation mm. after the fifty six hundred. Little fun fact about the Atari uh, fifty two hundred: it's uh, twice. Uh, the 2600. Is, is this maybe? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm going to need that back. 99 cents. <laughs> yeah, 99 cents. Okay, so I over I overpaid. But maybe with shipping, $3. Do, do you want to do, now do you want to do a random video game review? No, no, I think we've bored the That's audience a- long enough. I think that was great. Um, are, are there any video games that you're playing besides? Have you played any video games? Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Um, I, I did the, so you can play as one of two characters. Uh-huh. Um, Leon or Claire Redfield, sister of Chris Redfield, like, you know, the big protagonist and, and the uh, the overall protagonist, I, I guess you would say, in the Resident Evil game universe. Um, dude, it's great. You know, it, it really is. Uh, it's been a couple weeks now. I haven't got to play that much. The little guy, the older little guy, has played through his Claire. I'm playing through his Leon. You know, it's not a co-player game type yep. thing. It's a little different storyline. It's just really good. Um, you know, the graphics are good. What what amazes me about playing these games, the music is fucking... I mean, just the music. You can't leave it on. Like, you can't press a pause button and have something going on in the background. It'll just be like... Yeah. Um, the shadowing is... Re- There's so many times you jump... 
because it's your own shadow. You know, they do a really great. It's not just jump scares, people coming out. They catch you off guard with the jump scares because there's nothing to. There's nothing there. Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, and that's something. It's been an interesting thing talking to the you know the oldest one about who's now eleven. Um, Dude, this is why at the end of the game, the credit scrolls take 20 minutes. There's somebody whose entire job is to make sure that the angles of the shadows are right, you know? Yeah. Whether it's a long shadow or a short shadow, whether it would be... Um, and it's it's been kind of fun. Management likes to solve puzzles, and this is one of those games you can't really do a speed run through. I, I You know, so I, I finished it, and, and, what, and what's awful is... She was there when I finished my first playthrough, and it's the first playthrough, and I, I was methodical. It's figuring things out, and it tells you, like, your game stats, that it took you, like, 16 and a half hours to beat the game, and it's like, where did you have 16 hours to play this? Three in the morning. Right. But you're getting up at six. With, Shut it. You know, don't judge me. You know, oh, you're getting up all night, too. To take care of my mother. Yes. <laughs> you know, and you're sitting there playing Resident Evil. Um, you know, so I, I, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think I'd like it as much as some of the other games, but I do. It's it's hard. It's it's now like, you know, uh, who's your favorite child? Like Resident Evil 5 is great for some things. Uh, 7 was amazing, but 4 is great. But this this might be my favorite, or, or this might be my second favorite. 7 was pretty, you know, awesome. But I do love uh, what's interesting is you meet two characters and and. So I started when I started playing. I played at five, and then I got into six. And there's two characters in six who have an interesting relationship that obviously goes back years. Mm. Well, this is where they first met, and I guess. And I've also played four. Yep. They also were were the two people, and four you could play as one or the other. You know, playing playing through four. Uh, so you played I've, almost every Resident Evil game in some incarnation. Two, four, five, six, and seven. Right, so you need to do the original director's cut, and then you have, well, the, uh, again, the tank, I think they, Resident Evil Zero. And I, I, a, I is, downloaded it. Is a re, is a re And it was awful. Oh, you didn't For like me, it? because it was that, it was the that tank, control. tank control. And also, when you went from one room to another, the whole, like, it, it was. Slow. And... It was like a Commodore 64 thing, where you would have to, the screen would go black, and then you would come in. There's and a do, loading screen. You know, yeah. it's like, just, just, no. Right. You, you, you thank God for the power of the PS4. And uh, 3D environments because yeah, I, I can't imagine you sitting down and enjoying playing the original. But Resident I, I Evil did. 2. I tried. I tried playing when Resident Evil. I think it was called Resident Evil Zero. Is, yeah. is when they relaunched it. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see what the other ones. But yeah, I mean, the only review I'm going to have for the next month is just you know Resident Evil Two. Like it very very much. Play some Spider Man. Sneak in some Spider Man. I, well, I, after I nail this game, yeah, I, I definitely will. Yeah. Uh, you playing anything this week? Was I playing anything this week? No, I think uh, I was focused on trying to avoid the flu because my wife came home with the flu. She's better. Um, At least she came home. Yes, Let's... right. I think yeah, I, but, but that, I think that's why she came home so that, because, to give me the flu. No, I didn't get. I, I've been. I actually. I've been feeling. I felt run down, but when she was diagnosed, she. Uh, uh, suggested her, her doctor suggested that I call my doctor and get the Tamiflu. And just like as soon as I start feeling anything, you know, start taking the tamper. And I told you get a man pun, suck it up. 
Right, and I I don't take that advice at all. <laughs> um, because, but you know what? Best $90 I've ever spent. It's, it's funny. It sounded like you said $90. You're right, $180, because we both got Tamiflu. I don't even know what that is. Tamiflu? Oh, it's like um, it's like the... You know, it's like NyQuil, but with fuck you, flu. It's one of those things. It's like a super drug to take to relieve you of the symptoms of the flu. Or just knock you out for three days and let whatever you're going through you work its way out. I could, yeah. Um, but I didn't want to do that. So, right. I took, uh, yeah, so I, we're out $180, but it's not like we would have spent that on anything uh, fun or, or game, worthwhile. A new game? No. <laughs> um, so, now I've been watching a little Netflix, though. What have you been watching, my ah, friend? Uh, a couple of things. One, Ray Romano has a new uh, Netflix special, which was really funny. Our management thought it was okay, thought it was a little safe. It's Ray Romano, and it was his first right. thing. So, and I was a fan of Everybody Loves Raymond, you know. Um, but she said it was like, you know, the the typical old... You know, my wife asked me, you know, which dress I think I should wear. It's like, whoa. You know, it's like. You would have liked it. Okay. Trust me. I, I did pick up on the sort of like, yeah, this is sort of like a a 90s-ish era um, approach to, you know, uh, dad comedy. But it's it's perfect because we're 90s-ish people <laughs> that appreciate dad comedy. So, I don't know. I laughed out loud a couple of times. But. I, that's just me, but that's funny because uh, did you see? You didn't see any of it. Um, he goes to the comedy cellar where his career first started, and then he does a half-hour set, and then the camera follows him literally out of the comedy cellar, down the street, around the block, down like another you know half a block into another comedy cellar, and he does another set in the second. Completely comedy different. Yeah. That's so he does like a whole hour, but broken up into two halves. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. And then at the end, you see his real family, which I spoiled it for you, but fuck it. It's <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. a point of watching. Exactly. And then the other thing I'm watching, uh, I know you don't like high anxiety and true crime or anything like that. Abducted in Plain Sight. It's about a, a, a girl who in the 70s, uh, they were, you know, she was part of a Mormon family. They lived in Idaho. And they made friends with another Mormon family. Um, the Mormonism doesn't really come into play, but that's just how they met in the church. And the dad from the other family took a shining to her when she was nine. And uh, spent a couple of years grooming uh, the family and the girl to eventually uh, decide one day, hey, I'm going to take uh, little Jan here on a horseback ride. You know, out to the stall, to the stable, and you know, go on a horseback ride, and uh, okay, you know, have fun. Um, didn't come back for some time, and then, uh, but that's not the end. It gets d- deeper, darker, more twisted. This guy, the, this this predator guy, um, is he was insatiable, and but it's not a violent documentary. It's just it's weird, and the the level of Manipulation on the on the uh, the perps part, coupled with the naivete and stupidity of the family of the victim, it, like it's just like a perfect storm of like how could this guy who is a pedophile and a pervert not take advantage of this family situation? Like it was just like perfect. It, it was like a perfect breeding ground. It was like, and you get like that kind of, and it's all shot with recreations of 
the uh, you know it's all dramatizations and recreations of like the 70s households and stuff but it's all done through a like a, a filtered lens with like the you know like when you look at an old 70s photo and right it's crinkle like yeah, that, the right. crinkle black border around like it looks like they they, they film it through it's that like lens. it's home movies yes from... yeah right 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 like from like a super 8 camera home movies was a good show i'd rather watch that <laughs> but this is yeah, i don't so, think uh, everything happened to brandon smalls that bad <laughs> and, and so tell me they find her at the end and it all worked out actually she's in the documentary so the is, whole is she alive Oh yeah, okay. she's very, yeah she's very much alive. But it's it it's not like a oh she was abducted and molested and and and, and that's the end. It just gets weirder and creepier. I mean, there's light at the end of the tunnel. But Is it a train? <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just um, I don't know. It, 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 my jaw dropped. I was like, I can't believe the parents are that fucking stupid. I can't believe what a fucking creep this guy is. I can't believe this girl believes what this guy is telling her. Like, on and on. It's like, you just can't believe this fucking happened. But it did. But but we moved off of politics. We're not talking about Trump, so... Okay. Um, so what are you watching that isn't about abducting? I watched a lot of Super Bowl breakdown shows, uh, and right, I did that. It. But I did watch... And I didn't get through the whole thing, because I didn't love it, and I really wanted to. The Bill Murray documentary. I saw the poster for it, and I'm like, this looks kind of half-assed. So, right, I, I judged, I judged it on its cover, and so maybe I'm right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch the second half of it, but you know, Bill Murray's not in it. It's just all these people with their Bill Murray stories, which we've talked about, and that's the funny thing. It's like for years, people have been telling these stories, and and the director went back and he talked to all the people, oh, not all the people, but many people who've allegedly had these. Bill Murray moments, and 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 I say alleged, but there's photos of it. Like you know, there was there was a photographer who was trying to take you know um, a wedding photos, like the bride and groom, like the day before that you know they were posing all this thing, and Bill Murray was there, and then ends up posing with for, for hours. Is like, it? Did, like, they, did they have the guy who um, he was sitting in a restaurant, and Bill Murray comes up to him uh, up to their table and he grabs some fries off the plate, and he. Starts eating the fries off the guy's plate, and the guy's looking up at Bill Murray, and Bill Murray leans down and le goes right into his ear, and he goes, "No one will ever believe you." And I guess that's a running thing. Like he'll walk up to somebody in the men's room, pissing in a urinal and cover their eyes. Guess who? And when he turns around, no one will ever believe you. And then just walks out of the bathroom. So the, you know, so I don't know if they actually, you know. I can't spoil it because I don't know if they actually tracked down right. Bill Murray at the end. But it was fun, you know, a little bit. But I'm like, yeah, it's Super Bowl week. I got some yeah. uh, old games. To Maybe watch. when Bill Murray finally shuffles off this mortal coil, we'll appreciate the doc better. No time soon, we hope. No. Uh, you, got a, you got a parenting tip or a little piece of advice re regarding Valentine's Day. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, my parenting tip is don't uh, ask me for parenting advice or Valentine or any advice. Just... Don't listen to me. I don't. Why are you listening to me? Turn this off. Because it's better than listening to my advice. Your no advice is so much better than my really bad advice. Dad, your half-assed underparenting was a whole lot scarier than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole ass. <laughs> and with that said, you know, we're getting close to the time to have to talk with the oldest one to avoid VD on VD. Uh Valentine's Day and venereal diseases. Because gotcha. it's one of my favorite favorite things on Thursday. I'll be tweeting most of the people who are 
having the misfortune of listening to this podcast of like happy VD because I, I I think it's fun. You're a dick. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Just little little. You're a pecker. Guilty as charged. I'm up, Bill. I am done. Um, I'm done with the podcast for the for this week. I'm very happy. I'm euphoric. I I still. Basking in the glow, six, Joe, six championships. Congratulations, Doc. Six. You put in a lot of hours. Six. You know what was fun? It's that at the send-off rally and at the podium, both the Crafts and Brady both went out of their way to say, this was a home game. Thank thank you for being here. Thank And, and, and truly, you know, the parade and stuff like that. And the weather, Jesus Christ! There was like a million and a half people that turned out for that. Thing. Could you? I mean, couldn't ask for a better day. So many people were like, "You know, are you going to the parade?" It's like I, I, I hate crowds, right? Because crowds are have what? What's that thing? People. Thank you. Ah! And the only parade I've gone to is in 2011 when we went. You know, with my little guys. Yeah. Like the little one, I think was, yeah, he was like just over a year. Because he was born in May 2010, so that parade was June 2011. It was a Saturday. Mm-hmm. It was in Ju- June. It was a pretty safe bet. It was going to be an okay day. Uh-huh. Uh, and this could have been rain. No, but I, I, I am. I'm just. Uh, I'm, I'm still just giddy, and I still can't believe that you know. I think if Gronk plays one more year, when wins one more Super Bowl, he will go blind from a beer can getting uh, thrown at him. No one told him he had to drink them all. Right. <laughs> you know. But God. Bless them. So that's it for me. Any last thoughts? No, I think we're done. Um, oh, one more thing, Jacques. Don't forget 